Lockdown Guardians, take three. Uh, it was a surprising weekend, especially the July 4th edition of Lockdown Guardians. To talk about, I will take one out of three from the Yankees. That's what the Guardians took. The schedule opens up a lot here. We're going to get into lineups. We're going to talk at roster. We're going to talk about some of the top performers in the minors that we haven't really talked about this year, all on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. <laughs> Our Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So since we last met, there's been a whole mess of transactions, mostly today. I think most people know that uh, for Saturday's game, we'll talk about Kurt McCarty got recalled to be the starter after we had a yet another rainout. I have never seen so many rainouts in my life. Uh, Kurt McCarty was called up instead of, I don't, like, why, why could, you know, two starters not pitch? I, I don't understand quite why it always is that when the guy misses a start, he just pitches the next day and we push everyone back. Why? It, it's a little confusing to me. Um you know, they called up Gabriel Arias. He's he's had a bit of a rough go since he got caught up, let's be honest. He was called up, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember. He was called up because of Oscar Gonzalez going on the DL. So surprised he was the choice there, another infielder. Um, we'll get into more of what's going to occur. But you had him get called up uh, on the second. You also had uh, James Karinchak. He had, you know, he had to be activated, so... Uh, they designated Tobias Myers for assignment. We had talked about that that was likely something that could occur, that that could be coming. Uh, it did come. It occurred. Uh, Myers was let go. He, you know, they gave up the junior Camacho, uh, you know, interesting hitter. Uh, Ruben Cartagenius was one of those guys a few years ago, and they gave him up. A lot of people were mad. Uh, you're never sure how it's going to work out. I mean, the, the biggest name... I mean, sometimes in deals like this, you know, it is the initial, not the initial, the, the big story is Fran, uh, Francisco Tatis Jr. for Jamie Shields. But uh, for the Guardians, it's like Tajne Thomas was probably the big guy, and it hasn't come together for him as we were expecting. He was a, a massive pitching prospect with the Pirates and has really struggled. Um, I really haven't looked in on him this year, if I'm being honest, so I could be wrong. But last year was such a disappointment, they didn't even protect him on the 40-man in spite of having an electric arm. So Cleveland has taken some of those gambles. Uh, they took a gamble on Myers, hoping... Because, again, let's look at who has pitched for them this year. Uh, when they've needed a go-to arm, it's been Pilkington or it's been McCarty, and it hasn't been Myers. It was supposed to be Myers. Let's be honest with it. Myers was supposed to be the guy to jump in there. That hasn't happened. And why hasn't it happened? Because he's been not good. So we'll see. I, there's a good chance no one claims him. I, and there's nothing to claim there. Uh, if someone does, you just figure out promote and move on so you had that all occur uh so you know just to track roster spots arias for ogon karen chalk or karen chalk for myers and then karen chalk also got the call up and then uh he was activated to columbus then he gets called up with um castro going down so that's the next step in this process process castro out uh after another rough starting again we'll get into these starts 
Corinne Chalk up. We'll see what he can do. He's been inconsistent. He never, I mean, before his injury, he didn't look like the same guy after the sticky stuff went away. That's just the honest goodness truth of this. That is, you know, if he can get back, I would love if he can get back to where he was a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago at this time, honestly, because then he looked like one of the top 10-ish relievers in baseball. He looked utterly phenomenal. I would love that. If you put him with Hank is and Stefan and uh, Eli Morgan and Emmanuel Classe, who just won American League Reliever of the Month, uh, first time he's ever won that award, where are those Classe haters right now? Like, you were concerned that he couldn't be a closer. I mean, he was nails for the entire month. But that bullpen gets deadly if you consider that. Uh, so he, uh, you know, he is the replacement piece. He gets called up to the Guardians roster. Uh, and like I said, we had Myers out. And then we're not done yet to, as they continue to shuffle things, uh, Friday, I talked about Alex Young. Remember, I got into the whole point where Alton Jr., who's asked us some fantastic questions this year, shout out to Alton. Uh, you know, this idea of like all these guys in AAA who are interesting reliever types in terms of performance, but we know that they're traditionally starters. It's like, you know, Alex Young has fantastic numbers. He was a starter his whole career. This is his first time as a reliever. He's leaving a look at that Diamondback system. Where are the homegrown pitching? Where are the homegrown pitching? That's not even correct English. Where are the homegrown pitchers? But you get my point. They have not done a great job of development. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, like, this is just like Tanner Tully or anything like this. This is up and off and gone. I don't know if that's the case. And I think it goes, goes on the 15-day disabled list with the left tricep strain. They said if the bullpen hadn't been worked so much of late, uh, maybe they could have seen if he could have... Uh, waited a bit, just a few days. Doesn't necessarily need to be 15. Now it does because he's on the list. But we'll see if uh, this is just a trial run or what goes on for Young. But we highlighted him on Friday and they caught him up Sunday. So uh, I, as much as I would sit back and let be like, well, I had some in, I didn't. I just looked at the numbers and he stood out. It's nothing beyond me looking at numbers and thinking that he stood out. And the Guardians agreed. Now to make room on the 40-man, Kirk McCarty was uh, taken off. Good chance he passes through waivers. Yeah, I don't think he's really done anything to make a team feel comfortable with him as a potential starter. He's a nice depth arm. He's a quad A type, uh, but I don't think he is going to be someone they hold on to. It is interesting, though, that it's like Myers and McCarty off, and Anthony Castro lives to, to fight another day. Uh, we will again see. You know, Cody Morris is throwing. Ethan Hankins, well, Hankins doesn't have to be activated. Morris is throwing in Arizona. Uh, Vargas has to be, what, July 17th added back onto the 40 man. So we'll see if Castro is still going then. We'll see if, if they need to carry three catchers then, Sandy Leon. I mean, I still feel like those two guys are just sitting there lining up for when they have to add more. Uh, it's, it's an interesting lineup. That is for sure. And then of course, oh no, I didn't miss it. Oh no, I didn't forget it. Philly already, by the way, not only did Philly already let Oscar Mercado go, LA already let Ian Gabad go and they didn't even, he didn't pitch for him. Now, if you're LA, this is kind of like when Cleveland claimed Luis Oviedo. Uh, if you're the Dodgers, you're probably thinking, hey, no one claimed him. We got a good chance we can pass him through waivers. So I think they knew they were going to have to do some shuffling anyways. They claimed him. He's there for a day and they're hoping he'll pass through waivers and give them some more pitching depth in their minors. Uh, the Guardians came to Oscar Mercado. Why? Well, you can't be without an Oscar. In all honesty, this all comes down to this infuriating. And, I, you know, I, I went off on Twitter about this, um, making uh, friends and enemies, mostly Mike Freeman. Uh, yes, that Mike Freeman hopping in and telling me what I was wrong about. Because I, So, in fairness, I was being a little mean and talked about how 
know, Michael uh, Martinez, Mike Freeman, and Ernie Clement are all basically the same player. And that is a good bottom of your roster type, but someone for whatever reason Tito wants to play out of position and have them play uh, too often, you know, that they, and, you know, but the basic comeback was uh, Tito knows a thing or two. And I'll say this about Mike Freeman, a complete class act in the way he responded. I've dealt with major league talent over the years. Um, you don't often see, I didn't really have anything else to say, so it wasn't so much a backing out as much as a, yeah, okay, you know, that that's your point of view. My point of view was what I already said, and I'm not going to back off of those statements you know you can go back to the history of this podcast and hear me roasting the same things with martinez the same things with mike freeman the same things that are happening now with ernie clement and it's just this never-ending cycle and i mean clement was in left field today and it's not like this team doesn't have you know nolan jones is what hitting 340 since he's been activated had another grand slam but let's run ernie clement out there who let's see do i got i got the stats right here uh let's talk ernie clement Amongst players who have had 70 plate appearances since uh, the 1st of June, Ernie Clement has the seventh worst uh, runs created plus in baseball. Seventh worst. Christian Pache, who was just sent down by Oakland, is the worst hitter. And again, you want to talk about uh, why you always got to look at... Con- or, uh, Christian Pache is looking like the next Lewis Brinson, looking like the next Leotis Tavares. I, yes, I did talk about maybe he's worth acquiring because I thought he could be something close to basically what Miles Straw is. And, and we'll get into Straw. That's something else different. But Pache was considered universally one of the top five prospects in baseball. And here he goes getting sent down. Uh, defense has been great. Sam Hilliard, who's supposed to be a bat first guy. Travis Demer- Demeret in Atlanta, who's you know, for a guy who's never been that great. He has kept bouncing around. Good for him. Tucker Barnhart has been a disaster for Detroit, but just about everything has. Aramis Garcia, a backup catcher for Cincinnati, Andretton Simmons, and then Ernie Clement. But we're still going to play him every day. And the same thing with Oscar Mercado. Hey, we don't have Oscar Gonzalez anymore. We need a right-handed bat. Doesn't matter if these guys are right-handed bats. Sorry if that was so loud in the podcast, but I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter if they're right-handed bats if they can't hit. I'm a right-handed bat. You could sign me. Uh, I will guaranteed strike out every single time I'm up to the plate. That's just guaranteed. But I'm a right-handed bat, and apparently just the fact that I'm right-handed makes me better in a lot of situations than actual Major League talent. That is what we are learning from uh, the way Tito deploys his his team, and he needs more right-handed bats. For the, I think I looked it up, 28% of innings in all of baseball were thrown by lefties. So 72% of the time, you're not even facing them. So for those 28% of the time, you need a guy who can't hit righties or lefties, but at least he's right-handed. And it's also kind of like in a way insulting to left-handed batters because it's this idea that like he doesn't really go out of his way to platoon a righty. Like even remember when like Jordan Luplo, uh, he was like, oh, I think Luplo has shown that, you know, he deserves more opportunities against right-handed. Like he, he believes in a right-handed batter can, right-handed hitters can hit anything and uh, left-handed batters cannot hit lefties. They just, they can't, you know, it's got to help them. They can't, they can't, they need help. Uh, and it's just, it's maddening and it's causing them to put guys playing out of position which I, I never understood for tito isn't he's a smart guy he's very knowledgeable but why he keeps throwing guys in spots they've like hardly ever played just so we can get their bat in when their bat is again one of the 10 worst bats in baseball and if i expanded that it might even be lower if i didn't just take the june 1st cutoff but we're going to talk about some of the stats again for this team when we get into the games but it's just ah, like it's a, again bottom line 
It doesn't matter if you're right-handed or left-handed if you can't hit. And right now, Mercado and Clement can't hit. But we're going to see them every time there's a lefty on the mound because, you know, magic, I guess. I, I don't have... There, you can't give a, an in-depth thought because there isn't anything outside of platoons. And platoons are great. And But I... I know I said that was last thought, but I have this feeling like platoon and platoon advantages. Like Tito got a lot of credit for that when he first came to Cleveland. And he very smartly deployed them. When you have a Jordan Luplo, Luplo, uh, yes, that's a weapon. Using it that way. But I also feel like he is that guy who just learned about like on base percentage. Who's your buddy? Who like always brings it up because he's trying to show how smart he is. Like he's just learned this thing, so he always references it. That's Tito with platoons. <laughs> like that's that's the last new thing he learned. So he's just going to lean really hard into it because that's about as advanced as they get because, you know, they don't maximize the lineup. They don't. And again, I hate to say this because, like, he was an absolute genius in that World Series run. But that was unfortunately the last time I saw anything resembling advanced thoughts and analytical approaches or anything beyond his gut. And that's why the Guardians had... The ugliest lineups I have seen all year this weekend. We're going to take our first break and come back and talk about those games on Locked On Guardians. My stomach is a rumbling. I'm going to reach for a built bar. I got them right back here in my little cabinet of snacks. Uh, you know, it, there's always something good there. Like, I have an ad copy. I'm, forget the ad copy. I don't need an ad copy. I'm going to go to the website because I'm a buyer of built bar. It's not just someone who hawks this item right now coconut brownie chunk they do brownie well they do coconut well they do puff well that is available coconut brownie chunk is the big flavor they've sent me so many things of late i'm like why haven't i tried this they had cookie dough chunk puffs i missed that that sold out you can currently get the white chocolate berry granola i really like those granolas those might have been my favorite and i have tried just about everything built bar has to offer banana cream pie is a good one brownie batter is solid but a coconut Brownie Chunk Puff sounds utterly amazing. And that is right now over at BuiltBar.com. And they're always doing new releases. It is always fun to go and see what's there. I love getting the little email to see what is coming. And again, I didn't try the white chocolate berry granola. That is very tempting to me right now. I've only got the birthday cake, which they don't have anymore. That was one they sent me to, to try out. And I'm like, you know, thank you for sending it. But uh, I keep buying it. <laughs> you don't have to send me more, but please do. Uh BuiltBar.com is the website. It's the best tasting protein bar I have ever had in my entire life. I, like I said, I spend my own money. And when I do that, I use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. And they start building up your Built Bucks to save even more. Remember, that is BuiltBar.com. And that promo code is LOCKED15. You're going to love it. Okay, these games. Did we mention, I don't think I mentioned uh, before the break, Oscar Mercado uh, was, uh, they let go Yohan Ramirez, who they claim from Seattle. That was the first so let's talk about Friday's game. That's right, rain out. I someone here we go. Uh, you know, I asked the fans someone to give me a Highlander Oscar Mercado thing that didn't happen, or a Oscars thing. Apparently, I'm the only Highlander fan. I didn't even get any references in the Twitter and the YouTube. Uh, is there anyone out there who's done the research? Put it in the comments below on YouTube or hit me up on my Twitter at JeffMLB Drafts. Is this the most rainouts they've ever had before an All Star game? I'm curious about that genuinely. Kurt McCart- McCarty was a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> I mean, putting him out there and then hit, I mean, it was just the whole pitching staff. McCarty goes, I mean, five innings, four earned runs. I'll take that from him, honestly. Anthony goes two thirds of an innings, you know, he four earned runs. Anthony Castro, for as much as I, I have ripped on him, he went two and a third, gave up three. Only one of those was earned. That's that one of his best performances of the year, honestly. And then got so bad. We saw the return of Rodney Clement pitcher, 
who it might be better than Ernie Clement hitter. I, I, I'm going to keep getting myself in trouble with this. This is why I don't get to be considered real media, even though I have the the podcast equivalent of a radio show. Uh, but it's, I mean, this was this was not a fun game outside of it started really fun. That's the worst part. Like Franmel and Naylor going back to back. That was awesome. You're up two nothing. Uh, and then you go in the third inning and the Yankees take the lead and just, uh, it's just a bull rush from there. Um, reach base twice. Let's do our typical stuff going down the line. You had two hits by Naylor, two hits by Franmel. Uh, for everyone tell me Franmel need to be cut. And you're noticing we didn't even, we haven't talked about Sunday's game yet, but you know, Hey, uh, two hits by Naylor, two hits by Franmel. Him, Andres had a hit and a walk. Two walks by Palacios. Two walks by Leon. I don't remember him ever walking this much. I mean, he was here before, and it felt like he did nothing, so I'll give him credit. At least he's working counts and getting walks. Uh, your three stars, it's not going to be from the pitching staff. Uh, you give one to Naylor and one to Franmel because they gave us really the only excitement of the game, and they also had two hits, two hits each. Uh, and then it comes down to... You know, it's like Andres gave us a double, but he also had the error. So does that does that balance out? Um, you know, just kind of going through it all. I'm going to give it to... And that's the other thing. Like, San Leon struck out in a, when they had a chance to get more. So I think in this one all the he and ha and just like me like and then hey we had owen miller play third proving he can play third that was a nice little appearance and man jose is just i tweeted out on friday like uh i should pull it up you know sarah's had a list of like the players who have the biggest drop in their batted ball data and it's jose ramirez number two and it's like oh i wonder why maybe it's health they've got this upcoming schedule with you know cupcake city Let's just send Jose to the disabled list and tell him rest his thumb. I busted my thumb. Okay, ready? Let's see. I can never get this right on camera. So see how, like, this thumb does that, and then this thumb, man, I'm do doesn't bend. Right? So this one I can do, like, a full bend down. This one I can't because I broke it. You know what it felt like when you broke it? Everything I did, it felt like someone was taking a hammer and bashing my thumb. I can't imagine what it – and I, I broke my playing third base, funnily enough uh jose was batting he wasn't playing third i was playing third uh got the ball and a kid ran me over uh, at third base and like ran me in like ran to my glove hand the wrong way and bent my thumb back broke my thumb playing third base <laughs> but like i said i to this day it doesn't bend uh it, it's always something that my students think is is really weird to show but broke my thumb playing third and it it feels awful you can't do anything everything you do hurts and no wonder he's struggling so maybe just Give him some off days. That's all I'm asking for here. <laughs> Third star, we're going to give it to Andres. Yeah, he had the error, but he still had an extra base hit, which makes it better than, you know, guys who had two walks. Like, that's just what it comes down to. At least you have that in there. Uh, moving on from this horrific game, I you know, they, they did better against Cole than I expected. Uh, it's always nice to see someone beat up on Chapman. Uh, you know, it was not a bad offensive performance. Just the pitching completely deserted him. Game two. So, Owen Miller at second, Arias at third, Molly and uh, Maley at, at uh, catcher, Ernie Clement in left field. Yeah, I'm doing the face rub because 
yes, Nestor Cortez is probably the favorite to start the All-Star game right now. Matt Blake, you know, <laughs> thank you a lot. Uh, and yeah, he's he's a lefty. But like, again, you know, should I do like the screen in screen here and just show this? I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this. Okay, ready? So I'm gonna show you over at Fangraphs again. This is since May first. There's Ernie Clement, seventh worst in baseball in the stat that compiles all of your offense. Miles Straw ten. Okay, I mean we can keep going. Cleveland guys here. Austin Hedges twenty first. Luke Maley. Uh, Maley, 25th. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not done. Owen Miller, 30th. Now I'm going to turn off the little screen and screen here. No, I, I paused it instead of turning off the screen and screen. Can turn that off. And then talk about again, because they're facing a lefty, you had Straw, Miller, Maley, Clement. You had four of the worst 30 ba- hitters in baseball. Four. Because we're facing a lefty. It's just such bad logic. I'm going to move on. Multi-hitters. Med Rosario had two hits. Josh Naylor had two hits. Uh, no, you know, I realized I didn't do box score bingo for the last one, but whatever. <laughs> In that game, I'm moving on. Double by Jose, home run by Ahmed. Uh, Savale, six innings, four earned, two walks, six strikeouts. Not the worst, could have been better. And Inil de los Santos, it was, it's, the ERA is creeping up. That's multiple, but I feel like this bullpen's been so overworked that I'm not shocked. Hey, Shaw, not a bad outing for him. Kudos to him there. I, you know, I, I say so many negative things, give credit where it happens. Henches continues to be nails out of the pen. So Rosario clearly is one of your stars in this one. Naylor, two hits. I'm giving him one of the other stars. Bullpen. You give it to Shaw over or Henches because Shaw had two strikeouts. But let's talk about when there were opportunities in this game. You were in the ninth inning. Single, single. Andres Jimenez is just sitting there on the bench, your best clutch hitter. Let's go with the rookie who's struggled in the minors and hasn't really played well this year. Andres... Andres could totally handle third. I, I'm not concerned about that. Okay, after that, let's go. To, let's keep in Luke Maley, who's we just talked about how bad he's been this year. Oh no, you're you're going you're you're oh you're going to leave him. You're not going to even try with with this situation with run, two runners on and a bomb in the ninth with your best clutch hitter on the bench. You're not going to even try. Not going to even try. You're just going to send out the guy who can't hit. Oh okay. And I know that the whole defense is probably like well. You know, if it went to extras, then, uh, you know, Sandy already played the first game. He's not really available. And Clement is already our emergency catcher, and he's out there. And was he already out of the game at this point in time, maybe? I can't remember. But it, you you deal with it. <laughs> like, you don't just decide, hey, it's not worth trying. <sighs> Palacios gets hit by a pitch, and I'm not going to get mad about them having Stephen Kwan hit there. That's whatever. That that was a fine situation for that. But Letting Maley and Arias hit in that situation is is awful. Like, there's no way around it. Yes, Arias did have one hit earlier in the game. But he has struggled at the big league level, and he has struggled, honestly, since he was healthy. It's so weird that he is the call-up. But I, you know why he's the call-up. It's because they want to rest Jose more. That is why he is here. <laughs> to have him play and Clement play in the same lineup, I just... I just don't have words. It was just, and then not again, the not even try. That's what really annoyed me in the ninth inning when you had that situation, and they didn't try. 
Uh, box score bingo. Guardians had seven hits and one walk and one hit batter, I believe. Yes, so they had nine total opportunities. That should be closer to three runs. And there was the error, so ten opportunities. That should be closer to three runs. They really did not put things together, especially consider that like they had a home run. You know, they they and everything else didn't come together at all. Uh, but then on the other side of things, they only had seven hits in, in three walks, so they had eleven opportunities and six earned runs. Now they also had two home runs, but still, this second game was closer than it had an opportunity to be, and it could have been even more so if they'd even tried. So that one is frustrating in that regard. Like I said, it just felt like they decided they had lost and then weren't going to even try. We're going to take our last break, come back, talk about the win, end on some positivity, positivity, and then talk about one prospect that I really want to talk about who has been uh, hitting the cover off the ball. Who Hitting the cover off the ball, who is not amongst the top 30 prospects on this team, but might be someone you should be aware of. Definitely should be something you should be aware of, but might be a name you want to know. And that fantastic sponsor is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports scores, and betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcast news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, baseball and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts we got one and this is i didn't expect it like i, I said they're gonna get swept i'll be honest uh I, this is a game that did not it didn't look good and montgomery's been a strong pitcher and he had a great outing tristan mckenzie had been awful but you know this is supposed to be a police act start so this just goes back to my freaky friday right like those two are switching bodies somehow, something, switching minds, something weird is going on, because it was supposed to be police act start on Sunday, uh, but because of the pushback with the rain delay, or the double header, I should say, uh, police act, it didn't start, and instead, McKenzie got this opportunity on the day of police act, and <laughs> throws maybe his best game of the year, seven innings, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts, no home runs, no home runs against this Yankees team, like, that would have been a bet I would have never taken. <laughs> Tristan McKenzie would give up zero home runs against this Yankees team. Uh, and again, this Yankees team is utterly unbelievable. It is a tough team. That's why one out of three, I'll take it right now. Last time, he did not give up a home run in a game, June 16th. Before that, he had not given up a home run May 7th and May 1st. If you want to talk about his last three times, you have to go back to the 1st of May. It's, you know, that's been one of his biggest issues this year. And uh, they were just lucky in the regard that, well, they weren't lucky. He was darn good in this one. Um, Morgan comes out, and after some struggles of late, one inning, two strikeouts. Classe, this was not a safe save. He walked two guys. Uh, There was the strikeout, but there was also the Owen, you know, Owen Miller bringing it with the glove. Uh, and the bat, oh, that's right, no, he had the error that uh, helped extend that inning and then also had an O for who had multi-hits uh, or who reached base multiple times. Stephen Klon with two hits, Fran Mill Reyes with two hits, getting, you know, a home run and knocking in the insurance run. Ahmed Rosario, uh, I was really impressed as I was looking at the box score. I had a Sprecher uh, brewery tour today, so I uh, was kind of like doing that phone check thing. Uh, yeah, you can be... Uh, upset with me if you want, but I decided to take that chance and go or take that opportunity to go on that tour. And 
when I'm watching, I'm like, man, I would have never bet on Ahmed of all guys to like have two walks. And they had three total walks in this game, and he had two of them. Good for him. I mean, that even shows like a change in approach. Uh, he's up to 289. Uh, I'm not going to take all the credit for like saying negativity and him turning around, but uh, if Ernie Clement turns into an all-star, I expect uh, big thank yous in the future. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Gabriel Rice hitting third. I, I don't, I I guess you're just like, hey, he, our third baseman hits third because third, 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 third. Uh, that That's the only logic I have. Or, you know, that, that Jose normally hits there. Fran Mill, huge. And we talked about that in the sun, uh, Saturday game. Like, he's turning it around. He's a good hitter uh, who, you know, there was some consistency issues, but we're seeing why this guy's been, like, pretty consistently the number two hitter in Cleveland in terms of offensive production the last few years. Uh, Clement did have a hit in this. Let, let's give him credit. Uh, but overall, like this, I mean, your three stars, <laughs> two are easy. I mean, all three are easy. I, I don't think there should be any debate in this. And McKenzie also did hit a batter, but it's it's McKenzie, it's Fran Mill, and it's Ahmed. Like, th- there's no, this is the easiest one of the weekend. One, two, three, line them up there. Uh, box score, bingo. New York had one hit. They ended up with three walks. There was the hit batter, so four, five, and then one error. They had six opportunities. That should be closer to two runs. They had zero, uh, again, because, I mean, until the ninth, they had three total base runners. Just the ninth gave them three more base runners. Cleveland side of things, they had seven hits and three walks. That's 10, and the New York had two errors. It gives them 12. 12 should be closer to four runs, so they kind of underperformed, especially when one of them came by the home run, but I don't care. They won. I will take it great game it's the end of the bullpen you want to see it's the Tristan McKenzie that we were hoping to see more of I mean early in the year I was saying he might be this team's best starter uh, and then, then things kind of changed but I love seeing this we but again consistency is the key and the lack of consistency has been the really big thing holding Tristan McKenzie back from like hitting that number one type of ceiling right now just even in a game the consistency isn't there let alone start to start but this one i mean this one was just consistently dominant he i thought he could have gone out for the eighth if they really wanted to push it just when i was looking at pitch counts uh and everything else it was i mean kudos to him and i said i want to talk about a prospect so if i asked you who is second in the minors amongst cleveland indians players and home runs I think most people know that John Kenzie Noel is first. He's already got 24, especially because he's been going crazy at double A. Uh, you might guess Will Benson because he's had some big numbers. Joe Naranjo, who put up ones early at the start of the year. George Valera, who's hit a bunch. You'd be wrong. Uh, in this case, it's it's Micah Pyers, a, a guy who's not really talked about in that outfield mix, who's in double A. Uh, if I asked you, you know, he's number two in slugging percentage. Uh, he is just, I mean, he is like Justin Lada, our good friend over at Indians Baseball Insider. It's like uh, Micah Pyers right now, and it was like a gif of a guy like walking on fire. And he has just been unbelievable. And then, you know, at 24, Pyers is the average age for double A. So even though you'd like to see him do more, uh, like to do, see him doing this while being younger and maybe strike out a little less, he's at 25.5%. Remember, he's from a small school. He missed 19 and 20 in his development. And his 21 season was his first pro action. So he gets drafted 19. He was an older player from a small school, Point Lomo College, I want to say. Uh, he, he put up massive numbers. And I remember like writing about him, like, this is an interesting guy. 
And then to th- on top of this, uh, Andrew Kinsman at Fever Dog let me know, and I'd forgotten about this, and I probably wrote about it at one point, that so he gets drafted in 2019 and has Tommy John surgery as an outfielder. So it takes him a year to resume hitting. He resumes his hitting. It's 2020. Can't do anything there. And then, again, when you consider the fact of what he has done for a guy who was drafted in 19 and didn't get to play his first two years in the minors, and last year was his really his first look in the minor leagues. I, you know, he's he's a, a strong kid, six four two ten. Last year, split between low and high A, he had a one fifty uh, runs created plus in ninety one plate appearances and a one seventeen in one seventy nine in high A. This year, at double A is up to one thirty five, and it's going up. And what's nice to see is that, you know, 9% walk rate. The strikeout rate at 25% is actually lower. He has lowered his walk rate or raised his walk rate, lowered his strikeout rate from, or percentages, I should say, from a year ago while increasing his slugging. And the rest of the stat line is very similar. He's a strong kid who's essentially in his second year in the minors at 24. So, yes, you look at the age relative models, but in a guy like this, his case, it's a little bit different. Because he came from 13th round pick out of a very small school and then missed two years. So he is interesting and he's forcing teams to, forcing the Guardians to look at him, I think. You know, he's a big, strong kid with good numbers. And the question is, like, can he hit enough? Uh, The power is there. Like, could it be plus? Could he be a 60 grade power guy? Potentially. I think that's there for him. He's probably a left fielder, but he's definitely one of those guys who, again, you talk about we we talked about Matt Blake going to the Yankees. I've talked about him many times on this podcast alone. We talked about the loss of Ruben Niebla and how much I was like, oh, that's a killer. What Junior Patances is doing in Double A Akron right now? I have no idea what Chris Valeka. You know, it's hard to judge the impact of a hitting coach. Junior Patances, like maybe you give him too much credit, but there's a lot of guys like Micah Pyers here who are taking steps forward in multiple ways. Uh, was it Brian Rocchio just a multi-home run game? I mean, you go and you look at what is happening right now for that Akron team, and it's unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. So many guys are stepping forward, uh, stepping up, and just keep your eye on Junior Patances. He is, you know, you don't want to put the Ruben Niebla of hitting on anyone, but right now it's kind of feeling like that, like just what he has done with this team. You know, John Kenzie Noel has five home runs since he got called up to there. Valera's at 13. Talk about Bo Naylor's rebound. Uh, Will Brennan and the step forward he took before his promotion. What Micah Pyres has done. Brian Rocchio is starting to turn things on there. I mean, the only guy who really hasn't turned around who's the high-end prospect is Jose Tenya. But everyone else, it's been interesting than just the players they promoted through as well. Uh, pay attention to what's happening there. Pay attention to the prospects. And then I get a lot of Will Brennan talk. And yes, if you look at who has led the minor leagues in batting average amongst Guardians hitters, he is hitting 341 across two levels. Remember we talked about Milan Tolentino uh, when he's hitting 400. He's down to 309 across two levels. Valera's at third. Fifth is Naylor. Uh, Alex, and here's the thing, too. So Alex Call is eighth there. He's seventh in home runs. He's an on-base percentage. He's sixth. Alex Call is not that much older than Mercado right now. If you want a right-handed bat, why not call on Alex? I, I know, terrible pun, but like he's a right-handed bat who all he has done the last two years is is 
succeed. Like, he was great in AA, got the call up to AAA for the first time in his life, and he was league average. And this year, he's crushing the ball in AAA, and he walks 16% of the time to a 16% strikeout. There's a lot of positives there with him. Um, why not him? Over, you know, and he is, let's see, let's let's do the age thing. He's 27 in September. He'll be 28. Oscar Mercado is 27 and in December. He'll be 28. So he is, call is three months older. Why, why not give him an opportunity? Why not? We already know Mercado can't do it. If you want a right-handed bat, go, go call and call. But, uh, or, you know, forget about the whole righty versus lefty thing and get your best guys out there and bring up Will Brennan, who, uh, if he is not on a mid-season top 10 for the Guardians, and honestly, he should start getting top 100 talk because you look at what he did versus what Quan did. And again, Quan was a little bit younger, but, you know, it is another player who missed time and was a two-way guy in college who the, the explosion he has had this year, he is on that Quan track. And you better pay attention to Brennan. That's all I'm going to say. He has to be rostered at the end of the year anyways. So all of this just comes back around. Nolan Jones is, you know, he had a grand slam, another one. <laughs> he had like two in the last two weeks. And again, he's hitting like 340. Uh you got Will Brennan, who you got to add, who's hitting 340 across two levels. Gabriel, Gabriel, uh, George Valera is absolutely mashing. Micah Pyers, they're not going to add, but he has been amazing. Will, Will Benson is in the midst of one of his best seasons. Uh, you're at some point, Alex Call. Like I said, if you're going to go add a guy, let's let's see what some players can do who haven't had that opportunity. If you're going to go out and get a bench type. Uh, Maybe, like I said, see what Call can do. I, I'm totally up for that. And here's the thing. If he comes up and he's not good, he's going to pass back through waivers. I, I don't think anyone's jumping for the 27-year-old kid from Ball State who's on his way to turning 28. But at the same time, he's done everything you've asked the last two years. He deserves the call-up. So that's kind of my ending thought. Let me know what you think. Am I being too harsh? Am I being not harsh enough? Uh, do you think, like I think, that someone like Alex Call would be a better option than Oscar Mercado? And we already know Mercado's not here to stay. They let him go once because of they didn't need him. He's clearly not someone they're going to keep around long-term. You don't cut a guy, claim him two weeks later because your only right-handed bat is hurt to keep him. Uh, he is here to fill in as a righty. So you don't have Ernie Clement out. There. I mean, basically, what this is going to allow is Arias gets sent down. So then next time they face a lefty, Clement is at third and Mercado is is out there in left field like this is what it's all about this is so they can shift and make sure they have right-handed bats it's just what it is at the end of the day i i could at least stomach it a little bit more if it was call because who knows sometimes those guys there are a lot of guys who are in this whole roster guys who are never top prospects who ended up getting an opportunity late and performing uh you know even going way back casey blake being an example of successful for the guardians i've been jeff ellis this has been locked on guardians podcast this week remember to rate and review download daily it helps subscribe on youtube we're at like 333 subscribers let's keep those numbers going up 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 i'll keep learning how to do things like show in the background and, and text and fun additional items uh you know i've shown some other fun stuff recently i also found this this one another kent nakron ticket this one doesn't have oscar mercado's uh signature on it maybe i can pull it back but uh Spring into summer, free admittance for students only. Good for the 1996 regular season game at Thurman Munson Stadium. 
So, you know, you also get to see that when you subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, again, I've been Jeff Ellis. Go check out Lindsay's work over on Locked On Prospects, good friend of the show. Uh, I need to talk with him so we can talk some draft very soon. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.